You may not think that working in data is creative, but it actually is. You have to be creative as to how you approach the problem to be able to come up with a solution. Welcome to Hardly Working, a podcast about how we can improve work, life, and everything in between. These are recordings from live conversations on Fishbowl, a social network where professionals of the same industry have anonymous career conversations. You can join us live next time on the Fishbowl app. We have events every day. All right, let's get right into it. Hi, everyone. I'm Eli. I'm going to be moderating today. And I want to introduce you guys to Candace Herrera Roberts, who is the best person that can answer your questions about getting into data. Candace is a director at Vanco. She is also a data analytics instructor. She has also self-learned and also uh, become a student on data analytic and data science courses. So she can talk to about data from different perspectives, learning, teaching, hiring a team, growing professionally in a data career. Candice, I want to give you also a few minutes to share if I missed anything you want to share more concepts about who you are that's relevant to the audience, please do. Yeah, sure. So I, like you said, I am a, a director of a business intelligence team at Banco, and um, I have been with General Assembly for about five years. I love teaching data analytics to see people grow, love working where I work. I have an awesome team, so call out to them. It's just a great company to work for overall. I've been in the data realm for about 20 years, and so um, I've been doing this for quite some time, and I've gone everywhere from a um, from a help desk position when I first got into the IT world, and I moved, progressed through from, you know, help desk to technical writing to, and all of them had some kind of data component to them, to more official data titles down the road, including data analyst, data engineer, and now a director. Thanks for sharing. Okay, guys, so here's the the rules of the game. I'm going to be asking Candace a few questions about getting into data, but this is really about you, about the questions that you guys have. So if you have a question that you want to ask at any point of the talk, it could be now, it could be in five minutes, it could be in 30 minutes, please just raise your hand, ask for to speak, and ask your question. So uh, let's get started. Candace, Sean Wibbles, what does the data analyst do on a day-to-day, and what tools do they use? Help, help us paint a picture of if I become a data analyst, what am I going to be doing? And what tools am I going to be using? Sure. So basically, you're going to, you know, use several skills, and a combination of both uh, soft skills as well as technical skills. So data analysts, they use communication skills. And this is very important for us to be able to communicate because as analysts, we're uh, storytellers. So we take data to be able to tell a story. So we want to be able to convey our insights and we want to be able to do those with confidence so that we can make sure we're presenting our findings to whoever our stakeholders are, whether that be senior leadership, different types of people. It could be anybody. Your audience could be anyone. So we want to make sure we do that. The next thing is that, especially in a business setting, you want to make sure you get to know the data you're going to be working with. So we want to develop our business acumen. Uh, We want to be able to um, understand what we're doing. It could be as simple as, for lack of better terms, taking that data out for a cup of coffee and getting to know it better, right? There's no dumb questions. So never, never think that because if you're thinking about a question, somebody else probably has something similar. 
So we want to make sure we understand the requirements. We're trying to help the business or whoever we're trying to help and providing what they need. And that's where we want to ask questions. And then once we have some insights to those questions, then we start our problem solving process. So doing problem solving, this is where we gain clarification. This is where we start to translate what the business or, or whoever's asking us for these analyses are requesting um, and training that into analyses and insights. You know, for lack of better terms, some people might term this as I'm translating from, depending on what language you speak, I'm going to say English from my perspective, to geek, right, to SQL or to some visualization tool or to whatever it happens to be, which leads us to the set of tools that we use. So every data analyst has a toolbox, so to speak. And so things that we use on a daily basis would be things like Microsoft Excel, um, SQL, um, other querying languages, depending on what platform you're working in, BI tools such as Tableau, which you may have heard about, Looker, which is now owned by Google, Power BI, which is a Microsoft product. And there's so many other players out on the market in that space as well. And then as we move forward with our toolbox, we start getting really good at it and moving around. We can start looking at more advanced things like Python or R or even more advanced types of either tools and or languages to build up our skill set. So in general, that's kind of what a data analyst does is, in my opinion, we never have the same day twice. There's always a challenge. There's always something new. Um, and so that's very important, I think. So if you want to be into a career path where you there's uh, no boredom, this is a good choice. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Candice. And, and for you all, remember, this is going to be recorded and you have access to the recording because what Candice just mentioned, it's a list of powerful tool sets to be familiar with. Uh, and with that, here's a challenging question. Most boot camps out there are like three months. It's a combination of three, four months and, and General Assembly's boot camp is three months. Can someone, can anyone really learn to become a data analyst in three months. And I mean, I'm going to make it a bit more challenging with no data background there. Is that possible? How is that done? What have you seen? It is possible. I have plenty of students that have been in my cohorts where they've had no background whatsoever. I've had people who've done everything from like being a baker to working in like restaurants to coming from all kinds of different backgrounds. And you can certainly, you know, start getting your feet wet with the data analysis. However, if you kind of think about it, almost every job out there is using some type of analytical skills. You just may not recognize it, right? Because it doesn't have a label of data analysis. So you want to see if you can leverage the skills you have, right? And then use the tools in your toolbox to move to more data-driven roles. So, you know, for example, if I'm, like, for, I used to run restaurants before I got into um, technology. And when I was running restaurants, you know, I was doing things on an analysis. I didn't realize, like, I had to evaluate how much inventory I had, and I had to be able to forecast sales in order to make sure I was fully staffed and make sure I had enough, you know, food to prepare for, you know, in between my deliveries. So you are doing analysis. You just have to kind of connect the dots, right? So you need to, you want to connect your past, your experience to what you want to desire to be data-driven, right? So in the technical world, for example, I transitioned from a technical writer and uh, help desk technical writer and software training person. It moved straight up into data-related roles. So, um, like, for example, when I uh, was a technical writer, I was asked to document a query builder application within the software that we were building. 
And I had no idea how to write SQL. So I had to self-teach, right? I mean, I went and bought a book to teach myself how to do SQL to be able to document this learning path. And that really sparked a huge interest for me to get into more data-driven roles. But I was able to connect the dots. I already had some business acumen. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I could do this. I understand the business side. Now let me get some tools under my belt to like whether it's SQL or Excel or whatever it was so that I could actually start providing insights to people and show them how to do so. So um, you can definitely do this in a a three-month period. I know with like General Assembly, the uh, part-time data analytics is 10 weeks. And I have people who come in with zero experience. And by the end of the 10 weeks, they've learned Excel, they've learned SQL foundations, and they have learned Tableau and are putting together three beautiful projects that they can then use for portfolio. You know, that you have to start with somewhere, right? You need a solid foundation to get you started. And then you can move on to more advanced skills to be able to get into even deeper into data-driven roles. So some key components here is, One is be curious. I mean, if you're curious and you have that kind of personality, that would be great towards an analytical career or a data-related career. Being a problem solver or a creative thinker are other ways to do this. You may not think that working in data is creative, but it actually is. When you start digging into what people ask you for, you have to be creative as to how you approach the problem to be able to come up with a solution. And then you can make really big impacts, whether it be on a small level or even, you know, bigger impact to the organization just depends on what you're doing. I will say that I wish that I would have taken a boot camp in the beginning of my career because it really would have helped me to advance even further, but they can help round out your toolbox and your analytical thinking process. And, you know, you get that safe environment, so to speak, to help build up your skill sets. The other thing is, you know, you can also start learning about things like um, you take all of your past and your history and what you're doing today and what you're learning in general. And you can find these opportunities to like flex your new analytical muscles because, you know, in data and in any career path, growth is so important. So, you know, you never grow until you step outside of your comfort zone a little bit. And this is a good place to be to do that. So I can tell you from my experience from I've been a student at General Assembly as well as an instructor. So I can tell you that what I like about General Assembly in general is that your instructors are live. You're taught by industry professionals. It's a it's not a pre-recorded training session. You come to a class or boot camp. It is a live instruction. So you have the opportunity to ask questions. If you're in a program like the part-time analytics or the immersive, um, those things, there's an instructor there. You have office hours. There's lots of different opportunities. And um, I can tell you that, you know, this type of instruction is really great to help give you a solid foundation in your career path. And I think it can accelerate it as opposed to like self-learning in in general. But yes, you can absolutely do data analytics in a three-month period. Thanks for for responding to that. What I got from your answers is that no other day is the same as last day with a data analytics role. Any type of personality can make it there. And then it is possible in three months. I mean, live instruction, being curious about it, being willing to explore. If you're curious and have a willingness to explore and willingness to learn, then obviously you can. And the other thing is, you know, even when you do take a boot camp, you know, you get out of it what you put into it, right? You have to be willing to do the commitment and and kind of dig in a little bit to learn it. Awesome. Awesome. 
I'm going to make space for uh, questions. I see uh, Narasimhan, uh, if the speaker raised his hand, if you can unmute yourself and ask your question, please do. Okay. Hi. Thank you for having me. So my question is like, I have a couple of years working in the IT. So basically I have experience uh, developing my data migration applications using Informatica Power Center. So then I started my master's in management engineering, where I have courses like accounting, finance, strategy and marketing and so on. So I want to start my career as a business analyst. So I was hoping to ask you what kind of tools or skills I would require, which I can use like for managing data and starting my role as a business analyst, which involves data. So that's it. So since you're steeped into the into the IT side a little bit more, I'm not sure if you have like SQL experience, but SQL and Python, if you're already kind of in the IT world, will be places to start. Um, Excel is a good place to go to. It's a good scratch pad to help you get things done. You can do analysis in it as well. Seeing how you're already kind of on the, the technical path, I would recommend you start with SQL if you don't have that skill set already and then learning about your business and how you can contribute to helping your organization. Okay, thank you. Thanks a lot for the answer. You're thank welcome. You. Thanks, Marzima, for your question. Yeah, okay. So uh, what separates a so-so data analyst from a really, really great data analyst? Like what, what do the uh, really good ones have that uh, average ones don't? This is, this is the type of questions, guys, that, that we want to hear today. Like bring your A game questions. Thanks, Dan. It's like so. I will say that um, in general, the so-so analyst is not willing to grow. Right? They're not willing to experience, go outside their comfort zone, go outside the box, touch, trying to learn whatever business they're in. You know, they're just kind of you know going through the motions. Right? They just have only the tech skills. Obviously, we want to increase our technical skills as well. But the great analysts do both their technical skills and they grow their soft skills and they're interested in working with the business and they really have a desire. They have grit, right? They have some grit to be able to like, I'm just going to stick to it till I find the solution and I'm not going to give up kind of thing. Um, I think that is like a differentiator is just, you know, how much do you want it? So to speak, right? It's kind of like an athlete, you know, you have your so-so athlete they practice maybe once a week, but your great athletes are practicing every day. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to share an anecdote from a yesterday call. I was with an alumni that works at Meta, and he was saying that they were discussing the recent insights from a, from a Meta product, and he had the opposite conclusion from a different person in the room, and they both had the access to the same data. And while he didn't share like, what was the outcome, he shared that it was a very valuable discussion. And he's like early into the role. He was afraid he was going to be perceived as junior. But that discussion was so well received by his peers, his boss, and he believed in it. And he thought they were making a decision for the user. The other person said they were not. They were helping the user. But uh, it was his grid and his uh, dedication to to believe in his data band, you know, got him a seat at the table and then invitation for the following conversations. And I think that speaks to what you were saying, Candice, of not just focusing on the code, but work on your communication skills, work on your storytelling relation. Right. How, how does your work relate to business goals, right? Exactly, exactly. So how you can contribute is going to be super important in you know, how you can be heard, so to speak. 
everyone can have differing opinions, right? So for example, even my students, I mean, we may work with the same data set, but I have seen the data set sliced and diced so many different ways that it's amazing, right? So it's important to, you know, pull your seat up to the table on occasion and be heard. And, you know, you can't be afraid to do so. Thanks, Candace. I see uh, Faye-Lynn wants to ask a question. Faye-Lynn, if you can unmute yourself and ask your question, please go ahead. Hey, uh, thanks for uh, having me. So a uh, quick question. How do you uh, transition from a sales career into dat- data analysts? That is an awesome question. I actually have a good friend of mine who's trying to do that right this moment and who's asked me that question over the past few weeks. So in his case, um, he's been kind of exposing himself to opportunity within his organization. Things like, hey, I see you all are going to, you know, ramp up Salesforce. Let me learn Salesforce, right? Because Salesforce can be data driven or hey, I'm noticing these trends with the people that I'm selling to, you know, maybe there's something we can do to to gather some more insights. And so he's offered to actually work with, you know, folks more on the data side to not only learn, but to help him contribute to the organization to show that, you know, I'm noticing these things and I'm not just, you know, cold calling people all day long. So I don't know if that helps you, Phelan, but um, that's my my proud my my opinion here is finding opportunities to kind of put your fingers into the data pool. That makes sense. Thank you. All right. So I'm gonna move on to the next talking point. I want to ask you, Candice, what is the difference between a data analyst and data scientist? And I ask this because sometimes these titles are interchangeable. Sometimes people might think they're the same, but they're actually not. What differences do you see? Again, there, there might be like a ton of different titles, like Salesforce analyst, business analyst, but between data science and data analytics, what differences do you see? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you're right, Eli, there's tons of different roles related to data in general. You don't necessarily have to have a data analyst or data scientist title to be able to do some of these things. But to generalize, when you're talking about a data analyst, you're talking about the storyteller. This is the person they use tools like Excel. SQL, they might use like NoSQL platforms. Like if you ever heard of MongoDB, that would be a NoSQL platform, for example. As they get further into the analytics career, you'll see them use Python or R. And also all these visualization tools like the Tableaus and and Lookers, et cetera. And we take the data analysts basically take the historical, they see the present trends and they develop insights to do this. And so they can then communicate, hey, this is what's been happening. I'm seeing this trend. I can make these recommendations on some actions that we may or may not be able to take. That's more of the data analyst side. To be honest, most entry-level professionals interested in data, they typically start on the analyst side. And then they can grow into other places like engineering or data scientists. The data scientist side, on the other hand, I would call them the wizards, right? These are the people who are, you know... Harry Potter's of the data world in a lot of ways. They use tools like Python, they use R, they use SAS, they're using SQL, they're using big data tools like MATLAB, Hive, Pig, if you've heard of any of these. But they also tell data stories, but data science is really more focused on things like math, statistics, and coding, very commonly in Python or R. And these folks are, um, they also do things like predictive analysis, like hey, I can see these trends, but what if, what could happen, say, 
three months from now or five years from now, that kind of thing. So data scientists kind of move more in that realm. There are several ways to get into a data scientist role. A lot, some seem seamless enough, but if you're really good at things like statistics and math and programming, and then you can learn machine learning, all that is like data science. So there is a distinction, though there's some overlap between them. A lot of data roles overlap in what they do. So it just depends on where you are in your current career path as to which path you should consider taking. Wow. Thanks for painting that, that clear picture between a data scientist, a wizard, and a data analyst, a storyteller. Different type of challenges, different types of uh, daily tasks. Thanks for painting that picture. And, and indulge me, guys. This is going to be my 10 seconds of pitch. Uh, if you guys are interested in learning more about a boot camp to get into data analytics, check out the following link. I'm going to voice it out if you want to type it. It's a very short link. And if you forgot about it, you can go to either my profile on Fishbowl or, or Canvas's profile on Fishbowl and see the link. The link is ga.co forward slash Fishbowl hyphen data. Again, ga as general assembly dot co ga.co forward slash fishbowl hyphen data and that's going to take you to free two-hour live workshops where you can test drive what a day in a data analytics role looks like it's like taking a car for a test driving for you buy go check those free workshops and in two hours you can get a very good idea of like is this me can i do this work and I think, uh, Candice, you, you, you taught some of those uh, intro twos? Yeah. Um, so for General Assembly, I do. They're like two-hour, two-ish hour sessions on like intro to Excel, this intro to SQL, um, intro to data analytics. They're, I mean, on the data science side, I don't normally teach these, but I know there's like intro to data science, I believe. And I think there might be one for Python as well. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I see that. Thorne, uh, you have a question. Please go ahead. So I heard what Candace had to say regarding some of her students and the opportunities they were able to to get because they, they started doing Python and within like what like three three months you said and then they're able to get opportunities. Is that correct, Candace? Yeah, not necessarily Python. The my students are oh. learning Excel, SQL, and Excel. Tableau. Okay. And so they have. So, for example, I can use a couple of examples. Actually, I had one student that had in a cohort last year, and he ended up in a um, data-related role. I think for he was working for one of the major banking companies. So he was able to transition within his organization. I had a student even more recently, just a couple of months ago, that she actually was my student in one cohort. And then the following cohort that I taught, I recommended her to be an instructional assistant for General Assembly, which she accepted because she did really well in the course. And then now she's actually working in a data management role that she just accepted. Um, I think it's been about a month now. So um, th this is just a couple of stories. My current instructional assistant also took the General Assembly 10-week boot camp, and she is also in a data-driven role. Um, those are, those are great stories. Thank you for sharing. Um, mm -hmm. you mentioned, you know, that they had an Excel background. I definitely have an Excel background. In my opinion, I think it's kind of the foundation for all these tools that we're talking about, SAS, Python, and storytelling was also a part 
or needed to explain the data within Excel. So if you could explain how the storytelling with Excel is different from the storytelling with these other tools within data analytics, because I feel as though they're similar and yet they're not. They are similar. So in Excel, first of all, with Excel, you're limited to only so many rows of data. There's, there's, you can only do so much in Excel because it is something that sits on your desktop, typically. Even if you're out using Office 365, you still only have, you can only do, I think it's up to about a million rows in Excel. But then when you start moving into places like where you're learning SQL and databases, now you have exposure to way more data and you can do a lot more things. And so you can maybe even see more trends and get gather more insights because you're not limited. Tableau and Looker and tools like that, they're Viz tools, they're enterprise level tools typically. And so that's like taking Excel, putting it on steroids and giving it a facelift. You get way more power in these things. So Excel is a great place to get started. So if you have an Excel background, you you have a great starting point. And so now we just need to give you more tools in your toolbox. Awesome. I I love that that description of Excel with um, steroids and a facelift, like, Scaling it up, the, the the data that you can analyze, and the businesses you can work with. Uh, Thorn, did you have any follow up questions? I know that was all. I just wanted to thank her for for out for making the connection for me. Thank you. No problem. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for asking uh, questions. Yeah, I have another question from Ramiyant. Uh, apologies if I mispronounced your name. But go ahead and uh, unmute yourself and ask your question. Hey, uh, thank you, Eddie. Uh, hi, Candice. So I am Ramyan, and I am currently pursuing my uh, master's in data analytics at Texas State University. So I am about to graduate in uh, December. Uh, but pre- prior to my master's education, I was a quality engineer uh, for about uh, seven years in my home country, India. So right now I'm an international student here in the U.S. and um, as I'm uh, approaching towards the end of my course, master's course, uh, I'm applying to the various uh, jobs and uh, uh, positions here. But my question was, um, so my seven years experience of quality engineering, uh, would that be an overqualification for the data analytics related jobs because I am new to the data analytics and I've been learning the uh, concepts. Uh, so I wanted to switch my platform from quality to data engineering or data related jobs. So would my seven, how could I leverage my seven years experience uh, uh, for this uh, particular shift? So my suggestion is, is to find connections, right? You're already okay. in a program that's specializing in the data side. So look for the connections of what did you do as the quality engineer that mm-hmm. could translate to, say, a, a, a data analyst type of a role, right? So um, I don't know exactly what the what your role did is in quality, but I can tell you if you're doing anything in quality, you had to have looked at some sort of way to make improvements within the organization. So you may be able to make those connections. So if you can take your past experience and connect it to what you're learning in your degree program or or any other program, 
by doing that connection, that's how you can just kind of like beef that resume up, right? To be able to bring those things forward. And you want to highlight those accomplishments that you did. Okay. Uh, understood. So uh, I am piloting my resume. Uh, so whatever uh, relative, whatever the task I've done in my uh, past experience, I'm trying to tailor my resume uh, to show more relation to the data analytics field. Uh, but apart from that, um, I actually uh, was applying for a few of the companies where I received uh, rejection because uh, uh, probably uh, overqualification is one of the characteristics for the rejection. Uh, how how can I uh, you know avoid such uh, rejections? So I'm going. I'm, I mean, obviously, it just depends on who you're applying to, but. If you make your connections, just, you know, perseverance is going to be on your side here. And it's not going to be actually, you know, totally simple path in, in some aspects because they, people may view you as being overqualified when, depending on what it is. But if you make those connections and you're, and you're targeting specific companies, just look like my suggestion is start looking at some of those job descriptions for the companies that you want to work for. And see what they're requiring and then tailor what you need to be able to get into roles along those lines. Thanks, Candice. I have uh, two more attendees that want to ask questions. I'm going to ask Jean, who also first, to un please unmute yourself and uh, ask your question. Hi. I am so happy I found Fishbowl. It was accidental, but uh, it's been very helpful to me. I will be graduating with a, just a bachelor's degree, but I intend to move forward in healthcare administration and informatics. I'm at the point where I have to make a decision about a master's or further education. I stumbled into the informatics and discovered that I just love the idea of digging around in data. I love the charts. I love the creativity of it. I'm tenacious. And I think it'll be a really good fit for me. I've been in a licensed, I've been a licensed optician for 28 years. I make eyeglasses, and I do work in healthcare in a clinical setting. I need some advice about what my next move should be educationally. I can continue. I can get a master's in administration and informatics, but I'm not finding that I'm getting the hands-on experience and getting into databases and doing stuff so far. There's another program local to me that I can do online as well at George Mason University that is data analytics and informatics uh, that I can even do just the master's certificate part of that and then roll that into a master's later if I choose. I'm finding so much great information out there and opportunities to even study on through different avenues that I don't know if a master's certificate per se, is really what I need, or even a master's degree. I don't have all the time in the world. I'm not a kid. I just was wondering if anybody had any advice for me. My advice is that you don't necessarily have to have a master's degree to be able to get into what you're talking about here, like the Informatica or the data analytics type of roles. So maybe you decide to opt to like do some of these certificate programs or a boot camp program just to see if this is what you want to do. Get some more experience, like digging in a database, for example, and then make a decision on which path you want to take. Master's degree, very expensive. 
<laughs> I do know that. Yeah, so it is. The master certificate suggest- that I was looking at is for sure. Yeah. So I'm going to suggest, you know, I would potentially take look into some of these more structured like boot camp type programs to make sure that's what you want to do before you pay the price tag for a master's. Okay. Do you have any I'm that sure. you might suggest? Um, well, I teach for general assembly and we, I think we do an awesome job. I will look and, and Janine, uh, Jean, sorry. There's, <laughs> um, there's a link that you can access on Candice or my profile on Fishbowl where you can uh, get uh, sign up for a free two-hour live intro to data workshop by General Assembly. And the link, if you want to take note, is ga.co forward slash fishbowl hyphen data. Okay. I, I heard you. I'm sorry I'm late to the party, but I did uh, catch that. And I, I certainly will do that. Good luck on your journey. Thank you. Thank you. I want to ask Candice, when hiring managers look at a resume of someone that has changed careers into data, what do they look for? And I, this is a very special question because you have hired career changers. You have led teams, you lead teams that work on data. And whenever someone is thinking about a career change, one of the main fears is, are they going to hire me? Because my resume said something else, and all of a sudden it says data analytics or business analytics. So as a hiring manager, what would you look for? So for me, there's a few things that I look for. So obviously for the tech side, we're looking for some experience with like Excel, SQL. So um, in my personal environment, it's not necessarily easy. Um, so I do want to make sure somebody has some SQL prowess, uh, maybe some data visualization tools, such as a Tableau or a Looker. Um, but the bigger things that I look for when I'm looking for, um, when, when we're looking at data analyst positions is somebody who's a problem solver. How do they bring that to the table? If I give you a problem, how are you solving it? I want to understand your thought process of here's the questions that are being asked and how do you provide insights to the end? So what is your process to get through that? The other thing is, you know, are you a creative thinker? Can you think outside the box to help us come up with solutions that maybe are not necessarily so apparent off the top, right? Because there's more than one way to cook an egg, right? To, to get something done. So be having some creativity is important here. The other thing is the ability for folks to understand the business that we're in. So myself, I work in fintech. So, you know, obviously I'm looking for people who have similar type of experience to start with. Doesn't mean that I would discount them if they didn't. But to be able to have the ability to want to understand the business would be great. And then the biggest thing, I think, for me anyway, is does somebody appear like they have that tenacity and grit where they really want to be able to succeed in a data analytics role and willing to learn? Even myself, I learn every day, whether it be from people I work with at my job at Benko or whether it's my students, I am constantly learning um, from everyone. So. You know, it doesn't matter what position you are in your organization. There's always something to learn, whether you're coming in or you're in as the data analyst, you have to be open to that. And you might know how to do something better than people you're working with. And you can share that knowledge. So those are just a few of the things that I look for. Um, personally, I've been very successful thinking that way as a manager. I want to ask you a follow up question from a different angle. So from the angle of an instructor. You're helping people through a boot camp transition into data analytics, 
What type of projects do students build in the, in the boot camp? Because I'm assuming that's what they're going to show up in an interview. They're obviously going to answer the challenges and, and talk about their new skills. But what kind of projects do they build that can they can show up for their skills? Yeah, that is a great question. So um, it's not just that they're building projects in the boot camp; it's that they're building things that they can use as a profile. So before I answer kind of some examples of what people do, some the way people take these projects in the boot camp that we do for general assembly for data analytics, there are three projects, one for each unit, one for the Excel unit, one for the SQL unit, and one for the Tableau unit. Um, so you have three, you know, you can, you they could be profile ready. A lot of people either set up like a Google Drive to be able to share them, or, you know, they transition their Tableau to Tableau public so they can share it that way. And we actually talk about how to do that in our bootcamp. So you have three projects that can use to kind of showcase your skill sets. Some of the projects that people do across the board in these different things is, and, and I've seen all kinds of interesting projects with data sets that like we provide as examples that we can use, some we use in class and some we that they have access to that we provide. Then people decide they also can go find their own type of data to start with, things like, Analyzing their own Amazon buying trends. Guys, I did this. You don't, I don't know if I want to do this again, but <laughs> to see what you've been buying on Amazon and how much it costs and where you're sending it, all those things. So I've had students do that and that was uh, very insightful. I had one student who did, who worked for the NHL. So for those of you who don't know what the NHL is, that's the National Hockey League. And so for the NHL, that person put together a project where they were trying to do draft picks. And the cool thing about that project was that when she shared it with her, um, she worked for the NHL, when she shared it, she was actually able to connect the dots with the people that she worked with. And they were picking similar draft picks to what her project picked. So it kind of gave her some validation as well. You know, within the boot camp itself, within the class, we do things like we take a fictitious retail store and we say, what are the impacts of returns and discounts in this this retail store to understand that kind of a market. Other data sets that we use is like we do like bike share data sets. Maybe a city, should I invest in having a bike share initiative? For those of you who live in places like New York and Chicago, you might have heard of City Bike or Divi Bike or Blue Bikes if you're in Boston, for example. Um, but that kind of thing. But there's lots of things we could do. I've even had people do fun stuff like, hey, this is my favorite reality TV show and I want to see if the host is biased on, you know, different, different criteria of the contestants on who's selected and who wins. So there's tons of things that you can do uh, analytics on, and there's tons of free data sources out there that you can use. And by doing that within a boot camp, you get an instructor that can help you, guide you through the process, and you're also learning more about the toolkits as you're going through. Those are just a few examples of the hundreds of projects that I've seen. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Uh, let's give uh, Ishida uh, an opportunity to ask a question. Please go ahead. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity here. So I, ha I have totaled four years of experience. I am a software engineer. So three years I had been working into the cloud domain. Right now also I'm doing the same, like for the assessment of applications and migration part. But I had interest into data analytics, some kind of inclination. So I... I got the opportunity to work on Power BI in my organization. So it was like something which 
I, I mean, I found it interesting and that is something which I did. But the thing is that I am not so proficient with the coding stuff. So I just wanted to know that if I want to build my career into the data analytics domain, like or maybe data engineering and data scientist as we move forward. So how much will it be a good option for me to opt for this career if I am not so much good into the coding part? But I am good at dashboarding, like when I worked with Power BI, Excel and all these things. So I think you you would be more inclined on the data analytics side if you're if you're good at the visuals, the the data analytics, that kind of thing. Uh, the the visualizations, but you are still going to have to. You're still going to need a a foundation, right? Of like SQL, for example, especially SQL would be the primary to move into some of these visualization tools. But bigger companies have folks that work on just the visualization tools. Like I'm just a Tableau person, or I'm just a Power BI person. But having some of that basic SQL knowledge is really going to help you no matter what platform you're in. So I wouldn't necessarily discount yourself as I'm not so good at the coding. Is more as maybe you just need some practice and a mentor and some structure to learn. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Ishida. Thanks, Canvas. We're reaching the end of the talk. Um, I want to end by asking Candace to share her story. Tell us, this is amazing. Tell us the story about when you first learned SQL and how you accomplished within the time frame that they gave you, which is, I think it's amazing. It's just worth what change. <laughs> this is actually a really funny story. So talk about wishing that I had a boot camp to be able to learn instead of baptism by fire. Um, so how I learned is I was actually a technical writer. I was working for a small software developer and they built a query building application inside of the overall application. So the VP of this organization came up to me and he said, hey, we would like to give our users the ability to teach them enough SQL to be able where they could go outside of the user interface and actually just write their own SQL statements to be able to extract data out of this um, application. And it's like, oh, by the way, you have two months to learn SQL, document and build a training manual at the same time. So that was how I started to learn SQL. So I literally went to Barnes and Noble and bought a book. Teach yourself SQL in 24 hours. And that's how I started. Did I make a lot of mistakes along the way in my career path? Absolutely. Do I share those with my students? Absolutely. <laughs> because I want them to learn from my mistakes. My whole thing is that, you know, you can transition. It doesn't, you don't have to have highly technical background. I actually, my undergrad is actually in business, not necessarily tech. And I do very well in this space. Wow. Thanks for, thanks for closing with, um, with a motivational story. And uh, to be respectful of time, we're going to close the event here. If anyone wants to know more, reach out to Candace or myself. And if you want to test drive what a data analytic analyst does for free, go check out all the free workshops, free live workshops, not recorded, but live by General Assembly. And take note of this quick link that'll get you there. The link is ga.co forward slash fishbowl hyphen data. Again, ga.co forward slash fishbowl hyphen data. It'll show you a bunch of workshops, free two hours live, and you'll get a taste for what uh, data analysis do for free. And if you want to do more, you can self-learn or do a boot camp or 
or buy books, uh, whatever your path is. We wish you all the best. Uh, Candice, uh, any closing remarks on your side? Uh, yeah, if they do any of those intro courses, <laughs> I may or may not be your instructor. That's a possibility. And I would love to see every, everyone take one of these intros to see if you enjoy it. Awesome. That's all, folks. Thanks again for listening to Hardly Working. Join us live next time and talk directly to the speakers and, who knows, end up here. Fishbowl is a social network where professionals of the same industry have anonymous career conversations. You can download Fishbowl on the App Store or Google Play. If you want to host a Fishbowl live event, get in touch at live at fishbowlapp.com. See you soon. Thank you.